Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. All right, we are recording. Welcome. <laughs> this is awesome. All right, welcome back. This is the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. You're listening to Darren Mitchell, host of the show on a beautiful, beautiful Friday, 19th of February, 2021. A little bit different show today. We've got uh, we've got a special guest. This is this is the first interview on the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast, and I'm really, really pumped to have a good mate of mine, a good colleague, and an ex- what I consider to be an exceptional sales leader in Frank Grillo. Frank, good morning and welcome to the show, mate. Mate, thank you, Darren. What an intro, mate. Uh, yeah, it's been a, been a long time coming. We're finally here. But no, thanks for the invite, mate. It's going to be, uh, it's going to be some fun. Thank you. Yeah, it will be. And as you notice, I haven't got any notes in front of me, so I'm just making stuff up as we go, which I normally do on this podcast. And if you're listening to the podcast, uh, you probably realize that as well because we could go down different rabbit holes. Works for me, Darren. Works for me. <laughs> So the, the whole point of this podcast, as you know, Frank, is well, I want to be talking about exceptional sales leaders and what makes sales leaders exceptional. There are so many sales leaders out there that are the old command and control, and, and it's, it's really old school. And what's really pleasing is I'm now getting to, to interact with people who um, are starting to think more and more about what exceptional actually means and start to build a great high-performing culture. And uh, since you and I have been, um, I guess, knowing, knowing each other and doing a little bit of work together, uh, it's, it's been really obvious to me that you're one of those guys that really focus on bringing out the potential of your team and turning that into an exceptional exceptional culture and a high-performing team. So um, I'm just going to fire some questions out. Let's just have a chat. And um, any, any points you want to bring up, just, um, hey, this is, a, this is a freestyle show. <laughs> so why don't you um, love to know a little bit of background just for the listeners, you know, what, what, what's your key background? and what are you doing now? Yeah, so I um, started in real estate many moons ago and uh, just, knocked on a, just knocked on a real estate agent's door and uh, went in there and they gave me a spot as a, as a sales associate. And then a friend of mine um, you know, saw that I had a building background, a family business building background and, and sales. And he said, look, I've got the, the perfect job for you and it's uh, selling new homes. And he was working for this Victorian builder at the time. And uh, look, that's history. I did six, uh, five or six years of, uh, of selling and uh, got tapped on the shoulder to become a sales leader and I was very young didn't know much about it so I actually said no Darren said no okay. four times. Yep. Um, didn't know too much about it I was having so much fun selling um, then finally I, I thought you know what I think I'm ready to, to take that leap so uh, yeah for the last seven years now I've been uh, in sales leadership which is uh, which has been fantastic yeah learned so much about uh, and such a different skill set as well and uh, just recently I've, uh, I've moved to a new business as well which um is, uh, is all about people and, and growing people as well, which really works with what I'm about as well. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm, uh, I'm really intrigued. You said that you kind of almost resisted the move to sales leadership for a bit yeah. of time. Can you delve into a little bit about that? What was it that was like maybe stopping you or, or maybe may, may being a bit of a hurdle that would prevent you from taking that step? Yeah, I think it was knowledge, Darren. I didn't, I didn't know too much about it. I didn't really know what sales, what's required of a sales leader. Um, yeah. But at the same time, having so much fun selling, you know, having the freedom when you're selling is, is, is amazing. And yeah. you know, although you're on commission and, uh, you know, you can earn some, some, some really good money as well. And it was just the knowledge of I didn't really know what a sales leader did um, and the responsibilities. And from what I could see from my sales leader, it looked like this daunting, scary, stressful job. 
that no one wants. And uh, I just yeah, I pushed it away for so long thinking, no, I'm, I'm having fun selling it. Uh, this is great. But uh, since taking that, and I'm glad that I did, since taking that jump into sales leadership, ha- have not looked back and, and, and uh, still love sales. But yeah, it's, yeah. Been, it's been amazing. Um, and, and just kind of, kind of begs the question there, Frank, with um, the leap that you make from individual contributor into a sales leader, because I know from my experience yeah. and a lot of the clients I work with, some people find it really challenging to make that leap. All of a sudden, you've been responsible yeah. for your own, your own number, achieving your own. You can make some good money, obviously, as a sales executive, but then making that transition, all of a sudden, there's a whole new set of responsibilities. And it's no longer just you. You're now responsible for a whole team. So I'm really curious, what was it about the sales leadership role that really attracted you to finally take that leap? Coaching and mentoring, Darren. Okay. Um, Being a part of, uh, being a, being a part of someone else's success is, is um, humbling and rewarding. Yeah. Uh, Building teams, building sales teams and using the sales acumen that I had sort of, um, you know, I did a lot of thousands of hours of of sales training once and coaching myself to, to be a good salesperson and being able to part with that knowledge to a wider team, um, again, was really satisfying. And, uh, and it still satisfies me now in, uh, and, and watching people transform. You know, yeah. I, I, I had a transformation and then helping other people transform in that way has been really pleasing. Yeah. And it's really, um, I mean, you'll have some that, that sort of uh, push, push back and say, no, I don't, I don't want to make the transition and others, they really embrace it because it does take a new a new set of skill sets and a new level of competency to really make yeah. that. And unfortunately, I'm not sure whether you've experienced this, but my my experience certainly for myself was there wasn't a lot of uh, there wasn't really a roadmap to follow. So it was really important for me, yeah. and I'll be interested if you had to do the same thing to find somebody who perhaps had been a sales leader for a little period of time, who had made that transition, who had gone through some of the challenges that that yeah. I was going to have to go through. Uh, so that I could lead, lead, learn from them, lead, lead their, lead by example from them, um, and actually make that transition a little bit, little bit easier. Was that something that you had to look at? Absolutely, mate. And and I didn't, I didn't have it at the start. So when I first started, it was, um, and one of the challenges I did have was, and it's the cardinal sin. You'd, you'd know this, Darren. Is I thought, I thought just because I'd been successful in sales that everyone, everyone did it my way, and that's what success looked like. Um, and it's so far from the truth. There are some people, obviously, that are going to resonate to the, my natural personality, but it was more about learning um, about all the different types of ways that you can get people's performance up that, uh, that, are, that, that are different. So horses for courses kind of thing. And you're right, with the mentoring, I didn't have one at the start. So I, uh, I went searching for things myself. I, I started looking, for, looking in different places and, again, doing hundreds of hours of uh, of development, but then I, I did. I found I found a couple of mentors, and even now, seven years later, I mean, Darren, you know, you, you and I have these chats sort of fortnightly as well, which help as well. So I think that yeah. mentoring for leaders as well shouldn't be something that stops either. You, you you need to grow and you need to learn. Yeah, absolutely. But you said before communication. One of the hardest things to understand oh, for me, understanding going from a sales individual to a leader was, yeah, you know, the skill set that you use as a salesperson, in my opinion, is completely different. <laughs> there, are some, there are some things that are the same, but it, it, it for me, I got told a lot back, you know, we're talking, you know, 10 years ago now, I got told a lot, you knew customers, uh, you, you had customers before, you knew customers are, you, are your team. I didn't like it. It didn't sound good to me. It didn't feel good. I don't want to treat them as customers. I think the relationships needs to be tighter. Yep. And um, learning that part and how to do that has definitely been challenging, but so rewarding once you 
feel like you're nailing it and there's still training and ongoing support you need now. But when you, when you feel like you're nailing that communication, it's, it's bliss. It's awesome. It is. And I was, I was actually going to ask you, what was the, I guess, the biggest challenge that you found yeah. making that leap from individual contributor to sales leader? Yeah. Was it was it that piece, the communication yeah. piece, or was it something well, different as well? Yeah, the communication piece. But for me, it definitely was. The first 12 months was a, was a, was a storming phase for me because I literally thought that my way was the only way. <laughs> I was so, and I'm, and I'm happy to put my hand up and be vulnerable and say, I thought, I thought I've been successful in sales. That's the, that's the blueprint. Um, and, uh, and, and sure, there were maybe two or three out of 10 of the sales team that loved it and they would jump on board with exactly what I thought sales was. But then I had these seven people that would, would just repel it. And I didn't understand. I had no idea. And I'm like, what, what do you mean? You don't want to be great. But, <laughs> No, it wasn't that. It was me. It was me not um, not living up to being an exceptional sales leader. You know that that um, that sales leader that needs to get in there, and it's not about me. Yeah, it's not about me anymore. It's about the team and the team's success. And um, you say mentors before a mentor of mine, Dennis, from years ago. Uh, he said to me a few a few uh, a few things that I didn't understand then, but I do now. He said he said sales leadership is probably one of the most thankless jobs that there are out there but then the most humbling and rewarding when you see your team, because it's about your team. Yeah. And back then I thought, geez, what's this guy, what's this guy saying? You know, what's, what's the message now? Um, it's a pinnacle of, of how I move forward in, in leadership. It's, it's not about me, it's about the team. And yeah, that, that definitely was the biggest challenge there. No, that's, that's really interesting you say that Frank, because I mean, there's a number of points in there. And the, I guess the first point that I get is when you, when you're making a leap, you might be used to doing things in a certain way and doing things in a certain way resulted in you being reaching a certain level of success, right? And if you're a successful individual contributor, often the business will look at you and say, oh, Frank, you're awesome. You're such a a top performer. You literally sit in the top right-hand quartile, high performance, high skill, et cetera, et cetera. I reckon you'd make a fantastic leader. So what we're going to do, we're going to put you in in a leadership position. And what we want you to do is teach your team to do exactly what you did. Absolutely. Now, as, as you found out, and as I found out, and I think most leaders find out very quickly, um, you're going to resonate with a certain percentage of people within your team by doing what you've already, already always done. And so there's been a connection there. But we know people are different, right? So they'll think differently, they'll behave differently, and your message needs to be able to resonate across the entire board. So it's all about, and you can hit it on the head, it's all about the team. It's never about us. Absolutely. But with that, we as leaders have to take 100% responsibility for everything that happens within our team, which means from a communication point of view, you said it beautifully, I had to now adjust my style because I had seven people sitting there thinking, what the hell is Frank talking about? I don't know what he's going on about. Which means you're sitting there thinking, hang on, my message is really clear. But then then realizing, hey, I better adjust my style because obviously the language that I'm speaking and the way I'm speaking is not hitting the mark. And this is where emotional intelligence comes in and what separates... I guess the exceptional leaders just in general, but certainly in the sales realm from everybody else is by being able to adjust your communication style to talk the language of your team, to bring them on board and move them in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, mate. Love it. I <laughs> love it. <laughs> and uh, hey, you probably find no two days are the same either. There's always yeah. something, just when you reckon you've nailed something, <laughs> something will happen or completely take you off tangent. Absolutely. <laughs> Oh, it's unbelievable. Yeah. So uh, I'm really, I'm really interested. Let's let's talk then, like in the last 12 months, because in in the world and certainly here in Australia, we've had a lot of uh, a lot of upheaval 
uh, a lot of way ways of people are working has fundamentally changed. And mm. being in a sales role, most of us are used to having the face-to-face -face connections with customers, with prospects, and certainly as a sales leader, uh, dealing face-to-face -face with their team because we do need that connection if we're going to build a high-performing team and a high-performing culture. So I'd love to, love to get some thoughts from you in terms of how you've had to adapt your sales leadership over, mm. say, the last 12 months, particularly with COVID being around. Um, and with the level of uncertainty that might have existed within your team and certainly the different working conditions that people have, people have been experiencing, what have, what have you had to do in the last 12 months? Yeah, look, the uncertainty piece, um, Darren, yeah, ma massively important. And the, um, and, the, and the big bad word now, the L word, lockdown, um, <laughs> it can happen at any time. So it's, 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 it's hard. It's hard for everyone in every industry. But when you say uncertainty, the first thing that pops out to me is um, doing what you do doing what you know and what you know really well. So controlling what you can control. And one of my mottos is always been just do what you do well. Yeah, you know how to sell. You haven't forgotten how to sell. Um, you, you, you've acquired skills as a salesperson because there's some fantastic salespeople out there that have got some awesome skills. And it's, it's amazing to see some of them through lockdown have thrived and yep. continued on and they still know how to sell. It's always going to be about appointments. It's always going to be about talking with people. They've just got a laptop now to do it. And there's been a certain few, not many, but there have been a number of them that, um, that haven't uh, accustomed to it as well. The only thing I can see there is, is that it's, it's above the shoulders, in my opinion. And, and, and it's even for me too, even as a leader, to do it remotely too, which I'm sure we'll talk about today as well. It's, it's also quite daunting as well. And, and uh, how I can then control my skill set to do my role, it's the same for a salesperson as well. Is doing just doing what you do well. You, you know how to sell. Um, control what you can control. You can control your presentation. You can control your negotiation, your, your communication, your your rapport with your customer, presenting the product or the brand or the service. That doesn't go away. So really, really um, focusing on what you do well um, has has always helped through uncertainty, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you hit it on the head, I reckon, that um, it's all above the shoulders. And often yeah. as individuals, and I, I'm talking, <laughs> talking about myself here in particular, sometimes sometimes we simply need a checkup from the neck up, right? And, okay, we've got some uncertainty that's been thrown in over the last 12 months. And you know what? It's going to continue. We, who knows what's going to happen tomorrow or next week? So we have to be prepared to accept whatever's thrown at us. But to be able to control the things that we do have control over, and really it comes down to what we choose to do in the moment, and so we have choices, you know, what am I going to do right now to move my business forward, move my team forward, move a customer negotiation forward? What can I do right now? And focus on doing the simple things really well. Yeah. Because I, I reckon there's, a so, there's so many salespeople out there and certainly so many sales leaders that like to overcomplicate the overly simplistic, right? Absolutely. And the ones that I see who are sustainably successful are able to find out what it is that actually moves the dial irrespective of the environment and focus on those things and get really, really good at those things. Yeah, and so whether you're working from home, whether you're working on the road, whatever you're doing, if you focus on what those things are, then it makes it a lot easier to actually move the dial and actually get the momentum built. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing while you were talking that I was thinking about was the ones that do it really well and the ones that adapted really well to lockdown and selling virtually, there was so much skill set that they had that they could share with the team. So sometimes it was about letting the team you know, there, there, are some, there are some people that are doing it really well. My role then was just facilitating, well, how can we get these five people helping the other two or three 
with some ideas of how they're doing it because there's nothing better as a salesperson. I still remember the same same as well. Is there's, there's always something about when you hear it from your peers yep. in the same chair as yours, um, doing the same job as your as you. There's there's an element of there's a there's a higher element of um of appreciation for what they do. So sometimes it was just about sharing those good business practice with each other, and that sometimes um and restoring calm. There was just sometimes where we just needed to be calm about what we we're doing and forget about the noise. Yep. And um, those are the, probably the two things that, that helped tremendously. It's a really good point. I remember one of my very earliest mentors, she was teaching and we were talking about leadership and facilitation and, and try to build great cultures. And she said, if a, if a great leader can get really comfortable mm-hmm. by operating in a sea of uncertainty, but maintain a level of certainty about themselves, then they'll be almost like a lightning rod to attract people to them because what people are looking for, particularly in times of uncertainty is they're looking for a leader who irrespective of what's going on can provide them with some level of certainty that, Hey, tomorrow's going to be okay. That we will get out of this jam, that we have an opportunity that we can progress. As long as we put one foot in front of the other, maintain a certain, you know, positive perspective, we can get through this. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a really good point. So with, with that, and given the, the I guess the level of uncertainty over the last 12 months, and in your, and your business right now, is it now moving more towards a hybrid working model where you might have people more permanently working from home, or are we trying to get people back in front of in front of customers, back in the office, back out on the road, etc.? Yeah, it's it's a good one. I think I think reality reality says that we just have to be ready for both. You know, we're we're opening we're opening this weekend, so we're out in display land this weekend, but then we could be could be closed again uh, in the matter of three weeks. So I think being being able to pivot. Um, and uh, and be able to go from from uh, from virtual to, to in person fluently is going to be key. But there's also something else that that's come out of it all is salespeople now have realised how much more work I can get done because I can introduce virtual when things are open. Yeah. So we learned so many things about time management, about you know DocuSign, um, about Zoom, about Teams, about yep. all these tools that we we didn't have to use before, but because we do now. What a lot of the um, the more senior and, and uh, any salesperson for that matter has realised is how do I now bring that virtual um, time saving techniques to my day to day sales role when I'm in person in display land in, in the field and create more business and turn over more business and be more efficient. So that's another another positive that's come out of it. Oh, it's it's just phenomenal, and I even look at it from. Um from the perspective of doing what I do, like coaching and mentoring and even running workshops, I've done so many workshops virtually over the last 12 months, but it now opens up more possibilities to now do workshops with people in multiple different locations. I can now coach people in different locations that I don't have to travel to. Yeah. So you can fit more in, right? Yeah. So it is a double-edged sword because you do have to be really conscious of, of protecting your time and making sure that you've got enough downtime to reflect and, and re, re-energize. But you, you're right. It's the way that we're going to be working, I think, moving forward. There's going to be so many positive things that have come out of the last 12 months that we need to hang on to rather than just all the negative crap that uh, yeah. a lot of people, particularly the mainstream yeah. media, Absolutely. like to focus on they're not short of it they're not short of it I'll tell you that much yeah. no absolutely absolutely yeah. so let's let's pivot a little bit and talk yeah. about um, uh, sales leadership in terms of and I, and this podcast is all about exceptional sales leaders so yeah. um, you know exceptional by its de- definition is something that's unusual right they do something above and beyond what's expected to really elevate themselves against their their competition. So I'd love to get your perspective on what do you think the elements uh, that sales leaders need to focus on in order for them to make that leap to exceptional? 
You said it perfectly, mate. I looked that up. As well. <laughs> I knew I knew you were going to ask me something about being exceptional because <laughs> it's just all about Darren Mitchell, about exceptional, which is great. Um, you're right. Yeah, being exceptional. I thought about it and I um I looked into it and I thought really hard about this one and I thought, you know, what what is it? Because exceptional, you're right. It's something that's you know completely different to to, to the norm um and uh and that next level. The one thing that that strikes for me and it definitely it definitely has helped me in a certain way is development and self-development. We, we sometimes don't, and I never did at the start of my career as a sales leader, put enough yeah. invested time into my craft yeah. because it was more of a, as you said before, okay, you're a good salesperson. Cool. Here's the keys. Go, go, go show 20 people. It's, it's not, it's not. I, I found that I wanted to, um, and I had a thirst for it and a hunger for it is to do plenty of hours. I, I'd be at home instead of watching TV, I'd be on, I'd be on YouTube. I'd be on, um, you know, uh, any form of media that I could get that would be helping yeah. as a sales leader. Yeah, I'd read books. You know, I've got a, I've got a library full of books that I'm pretty sure that you know I can see yours behind you as well, mate. I don't have that many yet. <laughs> you're, the, you're the master there. I haven't got that many yet. But all those hours of learning, uh, you need to be you need to be job ready as a sales leader. You can't just rock up. In my opinion, you can't just rock up to a, a communication with a with a with a sales individual and wing it. There's no winging it anymore as a as a sales leader. You need to be prepared for what you're gonna for what you're gonna encounter. And there are so many different things that we that we encounter. And I have found definitely not all, but I've found that um, a lot of the times you are given the keys to sales leadership or sales manager, and off you go. There's the car. There's the team. Um, go and work it out. But yeah, to be exceptional, mate. It's it's definitely what we said before about it's about the team. It's not about me. It's about the team. It's about what they need. It's about what they want. It's about how they want to learn. It's about what they want to get out of their career. Um, some people want to be superstars in sales. So you would build a coaching model and a mentoring model around being a superstar. And there are other people, which is absolutely okay to have in anyone's team. There are people that want to do the job. They want to do it well. They want to make good money, but they also want um, a little bit more spare time or free time or balance. And that's okay. So it's a matter of learning myself and developing and coaching and mentoring and finding a, a good leader for me, but to be yep. a leader. You know, that has been what I've found that you know separates obviously exceptional leaders from just a um, still good leaders, but the yep. exceptional part is definitely self-development. And when you look at it, it's uh, and nothing, nothing you said there, and this is the beautiful thing. So if, if you're a sales leader listening to this right now, don't think that exceptional sales leadership is beyond you because mm-hmm. Often it's the it's the identification of one or two, maybe three key things that a sales leader will focus on, and they'll get absolutely expert at that, right? But it's the fundamental things. It's not this is not rocket science, yeah. right? It can be difficult because we are dealing with difficult and sometimes difficult people, difficult, difficult characteristics of people. But essentially, when you're dealing with humans, it's an unknown quantity. Mm-hmm. But if you can focus on two or three key aspects of your leadership and really hone in on those and do them exceptionally well, then that enables you to get to a position where you can be exceptional. And the other thing I love what you said there is, is the constant and never-ending learning. Mm. I don't know about you, mate, but I've seen so many leaders and I've talked to so many leaders over the years where they've literally arrived. And mm. I've had one in particular that said to me, you know what? Um, I don't think there's anything that you can teach me because I know all there is to know <laughs> about leadership. 
<laughs> thinking, wow, that's interesting. Tell me more about that. <laughs> that was a relatively short conversation because, hey, there was obviously somebody who um, uh, wasn't receptive, which is, which is interesting because there's also a lot of people out there that need to unlearn a lot of things, particularly if they've been, <laughs> say, brainwashed by a certain leadership style over, the, over, yeah. the, over their journey. Yeah. Um, but it's the focus on, hey, if I can get better tomorrow than I am today, but if I can focus on being better today than I was yesterday, then I'll actually be able to take a step forward and in the process, lead my team along the journey. So yeah. um, it's a never-ending process and we never, ever arrive, as you know, right? Yeah. Even Rafael Nadal and yeah. Roger Federer and stuff, they always yeah. say, hey, there's another level to get to. Mate, perfect analogy. And that, and, that, and the, the other thing I had thought about too is, is, is practicing as well. Yeah, is practicing what we actually do. If we, if we don't give each other... Uh, or ourselves the time to practice those conversations or practice you know a, a response or practice how to you know increase someone's performance in, uh, in different situations the practice obviously and then the coupled with the experience yeah that's definitely definitely key oh 100 percent, 100 that's awesome mate now um here's a here's an interesting question for you mm. and you might have already touched on some of this but i'm really curious and i'm gonna i ask a lot of sales leaders this question um, and it's a question around philosophy. <laughs> so does does Frank have a, well, I'm going to presume, assume you do, right? So it's a presupposition that you do have one, but what is your leadership philosophy and, and what's what's important to you as a leader? Now, you might have already covered this, but yeah. I'm just going to give you the opportunity to maybe surprise, embellish some stuff. Surprise questions are always good ones. They're always good ones, Darren. <laughs> like, we're on our feet. Um, yeah, look, I think the first thing that comes to mind when I talk philosophy is, um, having a mutual respect. Yeah, it's always something that I look for. It's definitely thinking about it now, Darren. It's definitely something I talk about you know, when I'm first working with someone is, is having a respect for each other. And it's both ways. It's not just one way. It's, it's me respecting the sales individual and them respecting me and our position. And, and the reason why is, is um, the communication is so much better when you have mutual respect. Um, feedback is welcomed. I welcome feedback from sales individuals. I don't know where to pivot and where to go unless unless my sales um, individuals let me know as well. So, and having that respect, it opens up communication doors. And then it probably leads into the next thing that I, I, um, I have as a philosophy as well, is when it opens up the communication doors, it also um, understands the why we do things and why I want them to succeed or why I'm showing them a different way to do something. Instead of if we don't have that respect or we don't um, have that understanding of why we're doing it, it may seem like a telling situation and pointing a finger and you're not doing great. You should be doing this when in actual fact, it's got nothing to do with that. Everyone's doing a great job. It's about understanding the context of where um, I'm coming from for, for, for that sales individual. And I've found that those two things would probably have to be, you know, definitely, definitely up there in the philosophy is, is mutual respect, you know, for, for, for both of us communication and the feedback and, and everything we do is so much more smoother and fluent. And then understanding why we're doing this. I, I, I want you to, uh, to improve or I want you to, to get the most out of your, your role and your career and I want you to have fun doing it. So I think when people understand why you're doing these things, it makes it a hell of a lot easier and, um, and enjoyable for both. And you know, Darren, like when you enjoy what you do, you perform at peak. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And uh, could not have said it better myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, mate, I think you've come close, mate. I think you could. I love it. it. <laughs> love it. Love it. Now that's, now thanks for sharing that, Frank. Now, uh, here's a question without notice. Now yeah. I'm gonna. Um, there's there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast who are either relatively new to sales leadership, yeah. uh, or 
have aspirations of being a sales leader at some stage in their in their career. Yeah. So if you were to give yourself some advice or some advice to a, a younger version of yourself or a person who's maybe looking to make that leap, yeah. what would be the best piece of advice you would give them uh, in order to maybe make make the leap or be pre- better prepared to take that leadership uh, leap? Communication. Yeah, communication. I think that's been the area that I've probably, um, you know, sought out coaching and mentoring myself, uh, the communication piece. And that's difficult conversations. That's easy conversations. That's uh, yeah, performance improvement combos. Um, even, even, even communicating with different people and uh, different personality types, mm. the communication piece and, um, and, and getting people on board. Yeah, 90% of, of, of what I think, you know, success is in the sales leader role is if you can get your team on board with you, then, then the rest, the rest is easy because you can teach the role, you can teach the job. You know, there's there's manuals and and there's process guides for everything. Um, there's there's YouTube clips for everything. But having having um, you know, having people come on board and um, and having that again mutual respect and that communication piece, yeah, that's something definitely that I would uh, I would I would um say to myself years ago is is to put invest more time and understand even understanding my own communication style to yep. see you know what uh, strengths and weaknesses I have. That would be the, the first thing I'd focus on. So communicate, 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 oh, and and then and then work on it again. <laughs> <laughs> and just when you think you've communicated enough, communicate some more, <laughs> or in a different way, or in a, in a in a more effective way. Well, it's interesting you say that. And look, I I would tend to agree that if there's one thing that we as sales leaders can get better at, it's the art of communication, mm. and and being present in that communication. Right. right? And I would I would go so far as to say, look. Um, just communicate, communicate, communicate to the point where somebody says to you, "Hey, Frank, you don't have to communicate anymore. I've got the message, right?" Got but it. until that until that happens, I'm always going to assume that my message hasn't necessarily resonated, Correct. right? Because there, I've got to get feedback on. Okay, is my message hitting the mark? What sort of responses am I getting? And if I'm not getting what I'm looking for in terms of verification that what I said is being understood and received, then, hey, I've got to make the assumption that I've got to change something and communicate it again yep. so it keeps, it hopefully hits the mark. And, and, and so it's a great piece of advice. And you're too right too. And, and you're just reminding me of, you know, some uh, something that stands out with, you know, the teams that I've um, you know, led in the past is once, once you get through that communication at the start of that relationship and you get that understanding and then you form that relationship and respect, another way that the job gets easier is, you said it before, then you don't need to communicate as much because I, I understand my sales individual's expectations. I understand what's expected of me to mm-hmm. them and vice versa. They understand what's expected of me on a Monday morning. So then the yep. conversation is really quick because we both know where we're coming from. We both know what's required and we're both invested into, into supporting each other because yep. this, this, this role for me has definitely been a support each other role. It's definitely a, an equal playing field and, um, you know, in, in the respect side of things. Yeah. And, and you said it really well there because if you hadn't have over-communicated or communicated, communicated, communicated up front, mm. you would never get to that point where there's a mutual understanding to the point where when you are together, you almost know what other person's thinking so you can actually be more efficient yeah. in the time you do have together, right? Another, another mentor said to me, sorry, Darren, another mentor said to me, just remembering, he said, um, he said to me, nothing ever should be a surprise, mm. ever. And no one should be surprised that they're, that they're selling really well, you should be reminding them. You should be showing them. Um, and, and no one should be really surprised that, oh, am, am, I, am I not doing that well? Um, geez, you know, for three months, you haven't, you haven't said anything about it. 
there should be no surprises. It should be continual, continuous, I should say, um, and fluent and from a good place. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And too often sales leaders tend to focus their time on the performers that are not doing so well mm. and unfortunately start to neglect the people who are doing well. And these are the ones that really we should be spending more time with. Yeah, and those ones there, as we said before, and we touched on the ones that are doing well. Sharing best business practices is is humbling as well for the for the for the salespeople in the in the team, and 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 sometimes that's the best training that you can give your team is yep. what's working in the field that we we don't know about. We we did a workshop maybe twelve months ago, and uh, the workshop was we uh, we had a panel and we had four of the the best salespeople for that financial year because it does change. Yeah, and. We put them up there and some of them and two of them actually were consistent top performers in that business. And we've done heaps of workshops and heaps of sales conferences. And, you know, we always look at the feedback at the end and we, and we, and we see how we can pivot and get better. This conference and workshop of just having four people up on a panel and the rest of the sales team, just go for it, ask questions of what you want to know. It, it, we had 45 minutes allocated. It went for two hours. Oh, wow. It was just having fun. And again, it comes back to there's no better, there's no better knowledge than what's working right now from your peers. So that yeah. sharing of best business practices, sometimes I, I would even hold a sales meeting and maybe talk for 5% of the time and then let, and then let a, few, a few people that have had wins for that week or for that month share that win, um, how they did it, what they did and what result they got. And then... Obviously, it breeds through the it breeds through the team, and then and then the team gets a culture of unity yep. and togetherness. Not that they don't need me, because obviously we we still we still 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 <laughs> there around Darren. Um, but it, it really is pleasing to see that culture and that tight knit culture. And then even when someone comes in, someone brand new comes into that team, uh, how easy it is for that person to get up and running mm. um, because they have that support network of their peers around. Them. No, 100%, 100%. A two-hour session. Oh, wow. Salespeople obviously asked a lot of good questions. Amazing. It was amazing. What <laughs> amazing. Normally, normally, the attention spans 20 minutes for us salespeople, isn't it? Yeah, that's right. If not, well, it depends if there's a coffee shop and donuts involved. <laughs> awesome. So, mate, um, for people that are listening, uh, how, can they, how can they learn a little bit more about you? Where can they go to get more information about Frank the Man, Frank the Exceptional Leader? Um, oh, I know you've got a blog and I know you've started a podcast yourself, but where's, where's the best place for people to get more information about you as, yeah, look, as a leader? Yeah, I'd say um, I'd say direct messaging through uh, through LinkedIn. We can um, yeah touch base and uh, and start a conversation there. Um, also uh, email me through Frank at frankwillow.com.au would be uh, another way. And um, yeah, just uh, happy to offer support and coaching and mentoring and talk sales, mate. You, you and I forged the relationship out of it. Just uh, just talking about what we love. Absolutely. Awesome. Excellent. Yeah. So, mate, hey, thanks for um, thanks for taking the time and investing in jumping on the podcast. Really enjoyed a lot of your insights today. Um, and I do consider you as an exceptional sales leader. So I wanted to make sure I got the opportunity to interview the great man on, uh, on the <laughs> podcast. So really appreciate you jumping on. And for everybody listening, just make sure you go to frankgrillo.com.au or email frank at frankgrillo.com.au. And uh, hey, look up all the Googles, but also on LinkedIn, make sure you connect with Frank. He's a, he's a great guy. So uh, Frank, thanks again. And thanks look forward to time, talking buddy. to you guys on the next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thanks.
thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.